Does we- Weevil stuff still exists? Yeah, of course it does. What do you mean? They're still doing things. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, no, fair play. That is that is a shock. <laughs> I assumed you were just like, you can still get it. It's like, of course you can still get it. No, they uh, they have, they, there's an advent calendar of 2023, and there is, and this will make you sad, Badger, 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 20-year anniversary edition. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. this so welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harried and me graham jones and this is the podcast that has dramatically 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 is the wrong word this is the podcast that has gloriously returned and is where we argue about our top three list of a topic that nobody asked us to talk about and this week we are figuring out our top three movie scenes we want to see on the las vegas sphere Mm, two things one absolutely could be dramatic it could be dramatic return. Yeah, I ah! think so. <laughs> Drama. Um, and I know the answer to this, but just for, you know, being a pedant, uh, inside or outside of the sphere? I was just, I actually, as soon as I said that out loud, I did think, oh, interesting. I had been assuming inside of. Yeah, I think that's probably. So I, I, could, I, could, I, could, I could go again. This week, we are figuring out our top three movie scenes we want to see in the Las Vegas sphere. Yeah. But I would also like I I you, you can you can you could I'm do... assuming the trailers for the movie scenes will be on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could do it on the outside. It makes sense. Uh, for people who don't know what the Las Vegas Sphere is, this is a very weird conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be hard not to. I feel like it's been like if you if you have the internet, I'm fairly sure you know what the Las Vegas Sphere is. Like, yeah. It would be it would be as hard to miss as a massive illuminated sphere that's just suddenly appeared on the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, it's so the sphere is. Any guesses for how tall it is? Um, eighty meters. One hundred and twelve. Blimey! It's one hundred and twelve meters high, one hundred and fifty-seven meters wide. Does that mean it's technically not a sphere? Well, I mean, it's got a flat bottom. So it's, it's not going to be. It's not going to just be. Well, it might, you know, they might. It might just be resting oh, on a little, you know. Fair, fair. It is. It is. It's. I don't believe it is an actual sphere. I can. It looks like a sphere and is referred called sphere as a venue. I feel I like don't that's, think it is. that's a class action lawsuit waiting to happen. It's the footlongs all over again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, the outside is all a screen. Which is where, and predominantly seems to be basketball themed. <laughs> yeah, a lot but of the things, isn't it? Because the guy that owns it also owns like Madison Square Garden, I think. Yeah, so it's, it's owned by uh, MSG. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, group or something. Yeah, so they do. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of basketball stuff on there. It was a jack o' lantern over Halloween because obviously the yellow smiley face is a classic one. Yeah, some just very like psychedelic like old school windows visualizer shit yeah so in total the inside of the sphere is made up of 160,000 square feet of screens that are formed in a dome shape and yeah it's i i will be honest 
I didn't care about it when it was announced. It seemed like a novelty and it seemed stupid and it seemed like Vegas was the only place something like this could be built. We will get on to that because apparently they were trying to build one in Stratford. Yeah, I do think... I think that sentiment still stands. I don't think it would work anywhere else. Oh, no, but like I I wrote it off as just a pure novelty and then the footage from the The, U2 U2, gig came out. Yeah. And the stuff they can do with these... There is a part of it where it looks like it's shrinking or it's turning into a square and the roof is dropping. And they do that entirely with just the screens and perception. And then it opens up into a giant looks like it's opening up into a giant funnel and one point it looks like it's gone transparent and it, it's there's the insane the images of like where they're like outside in the desert and stuff that actually looks like they've they've been transported to, to somewhere else it's it is yeah they i is it darren aronofsky did a like a nature uh, like a world the the earth through time or something it's meant to, and it's got like some insane like animal shots and stuff um, yeah uh it's a postcard from earth or something yeah. like that but because i think that the u2 gig might be the only things they've done that i the uh, ufc is due to be there i think oh interesting i feel like that kind of like yeah i mean fine but i feel like it, it the utilization of the screens is kind of more of it than the because what you can do like project the fight on the screens at the same time as happening down at the bottom like i feel like it's kind of it should be used as a multimedia thing rather than like a concert thing rather than something like boxing or or whatnot yeah i don't but it would be a hell of like a fucking Super Bowl viewing party. That would be cool. Yeah, like that could be awesome because you. I imagine because the feel like you're actually in there because it's in Vegas this year, isn't it? The Super Bowl. Oh shit! Is it? Hmm. Oh. Then yeah, the Sphere is going to be doing loads of. They must be doing something there. Yeah. Have you seen how much it costs to to advertise on it? A lot. Four hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. To be fair, that's not as pricey as I thought it would be, given how much like thirty seconds of the Super Bowl is. Yeah, but then if you think about it. It's, I mean, you will get the odd photograph and stuff, but it is, it's essentially a bill. You're, you're banking on doing it enough that it goes viral, right? That's what your 450 yeah. grand is buying. It's hoping, like you said, somebody TikToks it. And it's like, oh, look at this. This looks exactly like a giant testicle. <laughs> I had to think of something round off the top of my head. And that was the first thing I could think of. Yeah, it's, it's fucking unbelievable. It is it's insane it's one of those things that feels like it it because it came out when well, no, it came out it did kind of come out of nowhere like the youtube footage kind of came out of nowhere right like no one was kind of thinking oh this is going to happen it just kind of dropped and everyone was like this is insane and it's one of those things that's come out and it feels like it's 10 years ahead of its time kind of thing yeah it's um it's really take stolen uh ABBA voyages thunder yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is so much you could, like, just multimedia stuff you could do with this. I've got a list of uh, what has been, what events it has hosted so far. And right now it is just you two uh, who have a 40-date residency there. Uh, Fish with a fur are playing next year. The UFC are hosting an event. The 2024 NHL draft is going to be there. Fair enough. That could be interesting. 
Then obviously uh, Postcards from Earth, the Darren Aronofsky film, uh, and The Sphere was part of the Las Vegas strip circuit for Formula One. Mm. Yeah, they were. There was some pictures of like the face, like looking at the cards and stuff, which was quite quite cool. Well, weirdly, the yeah. the uh, Formula One in Vegas like went down like a lead balloon. It was not popular. Oh, it's but it it was for a sport that is so wrapped up in money and investments i don't think they care no it's... but then we but weirdly like the drivers hated it as well i i could imagine yeah because there was a lot of showmanship well yeah i mean like that, and right? i i don't like max verstappen at all but he was like this is like elite level sports racing like why are why are people why do people give a shit about who's singing a song and stuff and did they like bring was... them up at podiums at one point like it was the fucking Senate from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I think so. And then there was also the thing where they were out in the classic cars at the beginning. Have you seen the guy introducing Sergio Perez? Is that where he didn't know what to do afterwards? <laughs> he just kind of stood there. Yeah. It was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane. And and we kind of we we mentioned this in passing, but also it I don't know if it came out recently. I think obviously everyone in East London knew about this, but it hit Kind of, it. I became aware of it because the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has shot it down. But they were trying to build one in Stratford. Have you heard about all of this? I mean, we 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 spoke about it briefly. Yeah, it still boggles my mind that they decided Stratford would be a good place for it. So obviously, like Stratford residents' associations and things like that uh, came out and were just like, yeah, like this might work in Vegas, but like we're not going to be able to sleep. Yeah. Like, this is a residential... Like, sure, it's got the country's biggest shop. Is Westfield uh, the biggest shopping centre in the UK? Yeah, it must be. Westfield Stratford, I think, is bigger. And you've got the London Stadium yeah. out there as like, well. Just, just because you've got that stuff there, it's still there is a lot of residential areas yeah, around yeah. it that having a giant... Well, a 17,500 capacity sphere would cause uh, some issues. And they're also saying, you know, there's... A shortage of affordable housing and this would take up the space of one and a half thousand houses apparently when they said light pollution and things like that would cause a lot of issues uh they offered to buy blackout blinds for everyone <laughs> which is a proper like oh really yeah you're doubling down on being like the evil corporation in this that's kind of mad isn't yeah, it? yeah uh, and apparently um the mayor of teesside has reached out to them and said you could build it there instead <laughs> Do you, this reminded me of, um, do you remember if you cast your mind back to 1997 in, do you remember the old dry ski slope in Uxbridge? Yes, which would always be closed when it was snow. Yeah, which is now a leisure centre. Do you remember when it was going to be Warner Brothers World, the theme park? No, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, so it was, there was all planning for, so there was a little, there was even like a, shop front in um in the pavilions that had a shop that was all it was was information about it It had a little model of what it was going to look like but it all fell through to to like planning permission and well, not planning permission they couldn't agree on like the the site or something it was going to have a it was going to be called movie world and it was going to have uh the batman roller coaster and uh, all sorts, and it was basically the UK's challenger to Disneyland Paris. 
but it never never came to fruition. That is crazy. All I remember is like once they got rid of the dry ski slope and it was just a massive steep hill, a lot of people were drunk at the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of the issues was the um the Middlesex County show uh, would need to find a new ground which is not a thing anymore so the, the traffic around there is bad enough let alone if there's a fucking theme park there. but it would have been awful yeah because you coming off the a40 and stuff it would not have been uh not have been not have been good they'd have had to figure something out with that but i was got i remember being so hyped for it when it was going to happen because like love a roller coaster i know i'm probably preaching to the wrong crowd here but oh 100 like, percent as I've said before, <laughs> roller coasters are scary. Yeah, it's mad, but yeah, that was uh, there's there's an alternate timeline somewhere where one of the world's biggest movie themed theme parks is in Uxbridge. Instead, the only roller coaster they had was Boris Johnson as their MP. Am I right? Hey! Ah, oh, fucking Boris! <laughs> Not that you'd know, because he only he only fucking rolled himself out on. Uh... For like election weekends, and yeah, shit. pretty much. Absolute cut. Mm, huge. Absolute bell end. But yeah, so the sphere. The sphere. Back from back, we've we've gone from the sphere to Stratford to Warner Brothers World to Boris Johnson being a bell end. So, oh, speaking of bell end conservative politicians, apparently Michael Gove is trying to roll back Sadiq Khan's veto of the Stratford sphere. So. Watch this space. So yeah, the Vegas Sphere is just a very, very, I think, interesting. It is very it has a lot of potential, and we are going to explore the potential by talking about specifically movie scenes uh, we want to watch rather than complete movies. I mm. haven't talked to you about this already, but I have set myself a rule, <laughs> okay, which I think might be worth us doing, just because quite recently, Graham, um. If you can look back on the last couple of episodes we've done, we've gone quite Middle Earth heavy. <laughs> so I have made a point of not picking Lord of the Rings scenes because I feel like we have picked a lot of Lord of the Rings recently. Fair enough. Our last proper episode, which was uh, Wedding Destinations, had two Lord of the Rings picks. Or two Middle Earth picks, rather. Tol Tolkien makes, you know dreamy romantic destination wedding worlds and we had to go for them so we just had to we just had to before we come on to your movie recommendation nobody asked for mm. as we often do yeah it's been a while since we've done a new episode <laughs> sorry That's... about that yes apologies um Ian decided to get married uh, yep. i then decided to fuck off to canada for a month um, and then I decided, well, I didn't actually decide. Um, I yeah, I had COVID. Um, and my son had COVID as well. And uh, an eight month old with COVID uh, means that no one in the house sleeps. So it's been a it's been a trying couple of weeks since we've been back. And and we also we actually so we did we did do two recordings. One of which wasn't even for us, but it was for our good friend, uh, Mister Reverend the Reverend. Sorry, not Mister the Reverend Scott K over. At, uh, Tarantino. Church Tarantino. Church Tarantino. Is only the Church of Tarantino? 
fuck. That, that was when I was like, oh, I'm not feeling very well, guys, but I'll soldier on through. And then the next morning it turned out I had, I had COVID. Um, so, yeah, apologies for that. But, you know, Ian had a lovely wedding. Um, I had a lovely it's holiday. Great. You didn't miss us all that much. And we're back. You're fine. You got a sneak peek at an undrafted episode. Uh, patrons still got their undrafted episodes in. We're all great. Mm. And on that slightly less spherical note... Yeah. Uh, it's time for your movie recommendation nobody asked for, Graham. I, uh, I assume you guys are here for a movie recommendation. No, thank you. Nah, I'm fine. Nah, I'm fine. Nah, I'm alright, actually. Thanks, nah, no, it's alright. No, I'm, I'm fine. fine. It's alright. Right. I'm fine. Yeah, that's alright. Fuck off. It is. Um... It's been a while. Your last one of these was on the 12th of October. Is that when it came out or when. That was uh, your last movie recommendation nobody asked for was the 12th of October. It was characters who share a name we want to swap places and it was from Dust Till Dawn. Nice. But that was the 12th of October was a release date, right? So like the, the rec- release date. The recording of me doing this is is much longer longer yes. ago. Longer. Uh, longer ago. Um, I am going to go for it's, it's blindingly obvious um, but Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It was going to be, as soon as you said blindingly, obviously it came down to two, which was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or leaving Sphere. Las Vegas. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, leaving Las Vegas, uh, I don't want as a pick because that film is really sad. Um, um, yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is good. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, brilliant. I, 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 as much as I want to talk about the movie because it is fantastic, I just want to just have, and I, I, we must have done it before, but just a little bit of appreciation for the absolute insane genius of Hunter S. Thompson. Like, he, there is no one quite like him. And it was the, there's the famous quote about him, right? To, to something to live, too rare to die, or something. I'm going both Google Time to Google. Yeah. S. Thompson. We are too, too weird to live. Just searching for stuff online. Too weird he... to live and too rare to die. Yeah, there he goes. One of God's own prototypes, a high-powered mutant of some kind, never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live and too rare to die. Oh, it's actually from Fear and Las Vegas, but I think it applies very much to uh, to Hunter S. Thompson because, yeah, the guy is just like I think we we must have mentioned it before, but the um the Kentucky Derby article. Where he doesn't so write about funny. Right about the Kentucky Derby at all. Um, it's just it's it's amazing. And I did I watched a, a short documentary with him in it once as well. And he was just kind of shooting guns and taking acid and, and all sorts. And it's just and he he would talk about his kind of routine, which kind of started with something like a load of uppers and 10 espressos and then he he was like balance out the uppers with downers and quaaludes and all sorts and i i just don't know how he functioned well it's but also like even outside of how fucking insane he was as a journalist he completely changed he invented he a genre, invented a genre. Yeah, yeah. yeah you wouldn't like weirdly you wouldn't have louis theroux <laughs> without no. hunter s thompson yeah, yeah because he he made himself the he 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 was a character in the stuff he was writing yeah so for example he wrote an incredible book on the hell's angels 
where a lot of journalists would have done it as a non-fiction thing about the Hells Angels. He did it as a non-fiction thing about him meeting the Hells Angels, which is a very important distinction that yeah. I think is, we don't appreciate never used to be a thing. No, it's quite like adaptation-y, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, what a guy. I think, didn't he, I think in his will, he got Johnny Depp to fire his remains out of a cannon or something. Uh, yes, he... Um, it was a cannon that was shaped like the uh, Gonzo logo. Okay. Which Hunter, uh, Johnny Depp paid for out of his own money. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking wild. But, yeah. And as a result of all of this, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, very good book, very good film. Benica del Toro is very, yes. very good in it. Everyone is fucking good in it. This is true. It's yeah. It's so fucking. Uh. The, um, the scene on the carousel restaurant is like the closest i'm i've i've never done psychedelics or anything like that but i felt like i'd done psychedelics when yeah. watching that it's the, between that and mandy yeah <laughs> yeah the film not the not the drug so if you aren't if you aren't feeling las vegas then one i apologize for this entire episode because it is going to be quite vegas heavy uh but two are there any other films you might recommend people to watch yeah um and actually i think this could be a contender for something that you maybe want to look at in the sphere because there's some really, really kind of big, bright, outdoorsy, open shots that you know I think would feel like you're basking in the um, glorious Swedish sunshine. That's quite hard to say. Um, the basking in the glorious Swedish sunshine. Swedish sunshine. Yeah, it's very uh, Sean Connery, isn't it? Swedish sunshine. Nice. You know, you know what time uh, Sean Connery gets to Wimbledon, right? Uh, about half four. Turnish. <laughs> <laughs> every every time you do that joke, I say a stupid time, and you still say the punchline. <laughs> um, you know, we have our fun. Um, yeah, Midsummer. Um, Midsummer is um, is fantastic. What did? Oh, it's really going to annoy me. Use your words. I can't remember what she. She called it earlier, but my my uh, partner referred to Midsummer as something along the lines of like the Somerville murders or something. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, like a, a, gri- a gritty follow up to Midsummer murders. Something like that. It was very funny. But anyway, yeah, Midsummer. It's fantastic. Ariasta, you know, he he deserves a he deserves a movie in the sphere. Why not? Let's do it. Let's let's. Chuck Midsummer up there. Extended edition. I'm not going to lie. I have already um, uh, figured out what my three choices are. And I'm now considering whether to... Hammer smash face. Yeah, whether to switch one of them out for a Midsummer scene. Because you've <laughs> sold me on that. It's like, it would be a really... It's such like a visual film. Yeah. And actually, good link with uh, Fear and Loathing. Because there is the... There's a couple of really trippy scenes in Midsummer as well, like when they do the mushrooms out in the field, um, and then also you know when she's like hallucinating uh, during the parade bit, and like all the oh, yeah. fish eyes and stuff. Yeah, it would also mean that you would have a what was it, 112 meter tall blood angel. This is true. Which yeah, is what everyone should want for Christmas. And on that note, on top of that blood tree on top of yeah and a blood angel in a pear tree <laughs> a lot of birds in that song and that brings us on to our first choice graham it which does. is gonna be mine it is 
My first choice then, Graham. Mm. Uh, in a, a choice we are definitely recording directly after the intro. Yeah. And not after I just spent a couple of hours watching whatever the Panthers think they're playing. Why were you watching that when the, the Ravens-Rams is on? Because it was on, like, Red Zone, and it kept cutting to the Panthers. Oh, uh, okay. And I don't know why, because it's... Ah, my judge now, it turns out, of a quarterback is if I think I could take them in a fight, they aren't a good quarterback. But he is young. He is young. I can't think of a pun with Bryce. Uh, the Bryce is right. The Bryce is wrong. Bryce Graham. is wrong. The Bryce Rich. is wrong. Uh, and on that note, uh, which is a joke for a couple of you, I guess, uh, my first choice. So I am utilising, and we talked about this in the intro, how they can use perception to make the sphere feel not like a sphere. You're after it. Oh, you pick, you're picking the cube. I'm picking the cube. <laughs> the horror movie from the early, late 90s, noughties. Was it that late? I thought it was the 80s for some reason. But... Anyway. Oh no, it's definitely after that. It was because uh, it, it was the cube was just trying to be sore, wasn't it? Oh, it was that the uh... wait? We're talking about the horror movie, or we're we talking about the game show? <laughs> They're one and the same, aren't they? Philip Schofield presented it. Hey, um, the cube, the horror movie mm. was uh, nineteen ninety seven. Okay, which is nice, mm. but I'm not picking the cube. So I'm picking like yeah, you're gonna have to. This isn't a case of just watching this film on a screen. There's gonna be, or this scene on a screen. There's gonna be a little bit of work we're gonna have to do it to make this work. Okay. So, like I mentioned, you two did this thing. No, we where, didn't. Hey, where the it looked like the the sphere was turning into a giant cylinder, and then it flattened out, and it looked like a uh, a cube, mm. which is crazy. The fact that they can do that is. There's, I saw a load of YouTube videos of it, of just people losing their fucking mind. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I think I would as well. So this is the opening scene of Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So the opening scene of Star Wars A New Hope that isn't text. It's a scene which I think everyone would have seen, but I forget. I always forget just how kind of cool it is. It's become such, like, it's so famous and so established, it might have kind of lost its hit, like, novelty, right? Yeah. The only thing I would say is I would 100% include the uh, the text crawl. Because seeing that on the on the, um, the sphere, I think, would be pretty awesome. As a lead into this. Just having to literally turn your head. Yeah, to read it. To read this. <laughs> um, I mean, we can include it if, if, if you want. That that also works in the perspective because if we we can make it really seem that it's kind of travelling up, but the scene I'm talking about is the star the rebel blockade runner going away from the screen and then the giant star destroyer chasing it and flying over it. So in the sphere, you could make it look like it is actually flying over you, and I think that scene. So these are spaceships which are supposed to be. A mile long and i feel like you could actually get at least some of the scale of that mm. by watching it here because it's one of the things 3d did well was it wasn't the stuff that was popping out at the screen it was the stuff that was going away from the screen that was giving depth 
which then made big things actually seem big. And yeah, you get it in like Dune is a good example of it. You've got these spaceships which are supposed to be massive, but you can't, you don't really, there's a certain scale my brain can go up to and then it just kind of stops. Yeah. Like if you say, oh, it's a planet sized spaceship. It's like, all right, that's big. I can't picture that. I can't imagine a mile long fucking a, a mile long spaceship either. Planet planet sized is a very um, that, that's a because a planet is not a uniform uh, unit of measurement. So to play say planet sized is a bit of uh, you know is it Jupiter is it Pluto? I mean that's fair. Well, uh, only one of those is a planet, Graham. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an exoplanet. Or do you mean because one's a dog? Ah, see what he did there. Um, both are gods, I think. Yeah. Pluto's a god? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's why um, Mickey likes him so much. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the the hidden mythology of Disney stuff. Yeah. Is it's actually... Uh, I mean, some of it is explicitly about Greek gods, to be fair. It is, yeah. But I'm also fairly sure Pluto was Roman. So that joke doesn't actually work. So, Star Wars. I think he's America. <laughs> Oh, but we're really sticking with this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Like a dog with a bone. Like a dog with a bone. Like the Roman <laughs> god of, I think, the underworld with a bone. Uh, which he would have a lot of it, to be fair, because he's the god of the underworld. Which is a joke which might be cut out if I Google this while editing it and find out he wasn't that god. He's the god of something else. Cutlery. I don't know. Dogs. So Star Wars, Graham. <laughs> Star Wars. There's not really much else to say. There was a lot of Star Wars scenes I think would play out really well watching them. Like it's a piece of shit, but I would watch the pod race on a the on the sphere. Yeah. For marketing it or for marketing um the Star Destroyer scene anyway. Obviously, we're turning the outside of it into the Death Star. Nice. Which, you know, feels like that's kind of, you know, it's it's spherical tick. And it's no moon. I would. I would. So it's not planet sized. I would put good money that in our lifetime the sphere will at one point be the Death Star. I mean, I will. I will. I will go one further and say within a calendar year, if if not already. Or oh, is it a calendar? You need to wait until they end up doing like the fourth trilogy because George Lucas has decided that he wants to buy a new ranch or something so the sphere has yet to be active on a star wars day yeah so it opened in september so i think may 4th next year it's going to end up being the death star interesting interesting i think they'll i think they'll wait until they'll be they'll end up being a disney plus series just called like no moon or something and it'll all be like like that'd be great i'd love to watch like it just like Day to day, on, like on the Death Star, like, like a workplace comedy. Yeah, like, yeah, either like The Office on the Death Star, or like Seinfeld, where it is just like there is no it's, that just happens to be where they all live. It's got nothing to do. That would be a hell of a reveal. Season finale, it explodes and everyone dies. Yeah, it'd be great. It's uh, the sci the fucking hell. It's the sci-fi equivalent of. Um, uh, do you remember the film Remember Me? Uh, I don't. I, I, I know of it, Which but I haven't I've, seen it. Yeah, I've never watched it, but I know the end, because the end is the worst twist in cinema. Right. Where, to spoil a film, which I don't think anyone should really watch, Robert Patterson visits his dad at work 
interspersed with clips of people living their lives, and it turns out it's the World Trade Centers on 9-11. For no reason. There is no, no real reason why that film had to go there. There was nothing really apparently hinting that it would either. But, yeah, suddenly throwing in that at the end of a Star Wars series that you think is just like a light-hearted comedy. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. There's a, I still haven't watched Ahsoka. Um, Super Ahsoka. Andor was really good. A- Andor was really good. I have got to... Season 2 of The Mandalorian, I've watched a couple of episodes of The Book of Boba Fett, and then I haven't kind of gone anywhere since then. There's just too much of it. Yeah, I, I'm yet to watch season three. There is a lot. There is season a lot. three does look terrible. Like the Jack Black and what's her chops? Just uh, just uh, just why why do things like this? Yeah, I I don't have a lot of desire to. I'll get I'll get round to it. I guess, but yeah, I mean, as you're a fan of saying, there's a lot of content now. Mm. And I don't necessarily have time to watch something I'm not actively enjoying anymore. Yeah. But uh, that's a really long-winded way of saying, I want to watch a Star Destroyer flying over the camera in the sphere. Good choice. I was going to go Star Wars, but then realized you'd gone Star Wars. But my choice would have been the um, the X-Wing run on the Death Star at the end of uh, New Hope. Which you could also play with the perspective. Yeah, because yeah, you could make it look more trenchy. That's why I was going to pick 1917. Very nice. Nice, nice, nice bit of trench warfare humor there. <laughs> but there's a lot of Star Wars. Again, I think it's such a. There, there are a lot of incredible visual scenes in it that I think would really lend themselves to this. Mm. But yeah, completely, I, I, I completely unrelated to any of that. I now have in my head. A World War Two Wizard of Oz? No, not Wizard of Oz. A World War Two Wizard of Oz. Yeah, World War Two Wizard of Oz mashup. Um, because you were talking about trench warfare, and my mind went to the Somme, and then I was thinking of somewhere over the rainbow. So World War One. World War One, not World War Two. Sorry, no, I mean yes, somewhere over the rainbow. I mean, power to you, mate. You do you. That's 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 where I am. That's the mental space I'm in at the moment. Your choice. So picture uh, the Wizard of Oz. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh... But Passchendaele, <laughs> the Passchendaele of the Christ. Of the Christ. Now bear with me on this. I'd watch that. So I'm going to go with a another spacey kind of movie, um, and I think I think sci-fi. American Beauty. Yes, nice. Very nice good. Bit of Kevin Spacey, human there. Yeah. Still a piece of shit. I was about to say R.I.P., but that's just his career, isn't it? Oh! The, uh... Well, he was... Oh, I mean, let's not get into that movie. Anyway, um, no, I just... I, th- I think if you think about the the visuals and, like, a lot of the stuff I was going over and over, the sci-fi is probably one of the kind of genres that lends itself most to, to this. And I think... Um, as we go through that that'll become quite apparent but i was trying to think of like obviously scenes that are visually stunning because i think that's kind of the main basis for anything here and then anything extra kind of i think elevates it and 
also in the context of like so there's uh one of the u2 things where it looks it takes them completely out of the sphere as it were and they kind of look like they're outside in the desert um and there's a scene in interstellar with the it's so it's the wave scene in interstellar basically (laughs) i was just gonna say it's like i don't think we've said what your choice is yet the entirety of the screen is that they're, they've obviously dropped in the middle of this ocean on some planet where every hour is seven years, I think, back home. They're trying to get hold of some data thing and they're out in the middle of this ocean. So even even just that scene where kind of everything is a, becomes an ocean expanse and you've got your kind of main characters dropped in the middle of it, I think would look pretty amazing. But then you obviously have the kind of slow realisation that... Um, they're not mountains, they're waves. And you have this kind of huge barrage of water hurtling towards you. And there's the, you know, Anne Hathaway stuck under the bit of metal. And there's the whole scramble and suspense. Was she going to get back into the uh, pod in time or not? And you have the weird, I, I rewatched this recently. And they, there's, I completely forgot about the weird, like, stick robot thing that's in Interstellar. Oh, th- like the, like the, uh, articulated PlayStation Twos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, like a it's like a moving asterisk, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I forgot they turn into wheels. Yeah. Very very strange. But that you know, and there's helping her out and everything. But yeah, I think a combination of a the kind of incredible visuals and the fact that it would feel like you're kind of in the middle of the ocean with them, coupled with the suspense of you know potentially being engulfed by this wave and seeing that hurtling towards you in you know however many feet that we mentioned earlier you can maybe drop that in from when you mentioned it earlier just so people remember so in total the inside of the sphere is made up of a hundred and sixty thousand square feet of screens yeah i just think it would be a pretty intense three or four minutes of uh, of cinema to watch in the sphere. Yeah, it's such a good fucking scene. Like, I wasn't expecting... Yes, yeah. yeah it was, a, it's it was not... an action set piece that came out of absolutely fucking nowhere. Yeah, you're not, you're not expecting it. Much like the Spanish Inquisition, nobody expects waves and interstellar. Yeah, it's... I, I, I... I really like it. I think it's a very good film. I still have mixed feelings about interstellar. I, I I really like it, but I don't I don't like that that and Inception are now hailed as like the best sci-fi films ever made. Well, I'll talk about one of the best sci-fi films ever made a bit later. I think it's I think Interstellar's up there, and I I mean I know I know that Inception is technically science fiction because you can't jump through people's dreams and things, but I also wouldn't necessarily like it doesn't it doesn't fit classic sci-fi tropes to me to be a a sci-fi film. It's a Nolan film. You say that, but you've been you've been running through my dreams for ages now, Graham. Thanks, man. I got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, Interstellar. I think, like, yeah. Again, I think a a, a phrase we will use a lot mm. visually. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It does make me wonder because I have to make everything about me. How I would cope in that situation <laughs> of you know suddenly realizing, oh shit, that mountain is a wave. One Anne Hathaway's not making it out there. <laughs> I uh, not out of, not out of spite, but I I don't I'm not sure I would have the the wherewithal 
to get myself out of there in one piece, let alone everyone else. I would need the PlayStation 2 robots to really, really help take over. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that you did just say that sounded like you have a you have a real uh, intention of uh, of ending Anne Hathaway. <laughs> yeah, whether it's this, whether it's Les Mis. Princess Diaries? Princess Diaries, yeah. I, I don't think she gets close to death or death in Princess Diaries. But it has been a while. <laughs> Remember that time the assassin jumped out and tried to kill? No. Or the scene on Princess Diaries where they go down to that planet mm. near a black hole. Oh, it's it's the obvious crossover. Yeah, yeah. They, they did it a, a long time before, but everyone forgets. Uh, yeah, I think, again, unfortunately, this is such a good choice. There's not much else to say about it. Yeah, it's one that um, stood out in trying to figure out some of these. because And, you know, like you're thinking of, films in the sense of like big expanses of water and because so, I, I you know i think that was kind of one of the things that certainly drew it and you've got stuff like obviously like titanic right the sinking of the titanic was kind of one that i half debated because that could be quite cool on the, the big screen that sounds like you debated the sinking of the I, titanic. it didn't happen you know like very it's yeah very you know because that, that, there is these like whole conspiracy theories that the reason that it sank was there wasn't the actual time it was another ship and they put all of the bankers on it and they wanted to kill them to reset the u.s economy i got weirded to fl- weirdly into flat earth conspiracies the other way brilliant you need to go back to work <laughs> yeah uh, you know a lot of flat earthers also believe in like asgard uh, yeah because like there's a whole thing of like the the dome over and stuff right and that's why we've never been to space because you can never break out of the dome and all sorts of shit yeah and people exporting our stuff into the other other <laughs> right okay past uh because antarctica isn't a continent it's all yes what's our um what's our biggest export i assume like taylor swift or something probably probably yeah 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 anyway titanic you were saying yeah i just you know it's it's quite a it is quite an impressive scene isn't it when the the titanic goes down especially when you consider a lot of there's a fair amount of like practical effects and stuff in there but also no it was real the titanic (laughs) actually sank so you're just getting into yeah it was a whole practical effects when they uh when they pretended pretended to to the titanic Titanic. to kill jp morgan yeah what about stanley stanley morgan isn't there also a, a, a bank with Stanley in the name? Morgan, Morgan Stanley. Is that Morgan Stanley? I think. Yeah, that's funny. That's a joke, isn't it? Yeah, it but works. I think something, something, something. Mister Natwest. I'm assuming Stanley is his. Uh, I think it's two, two surnames. So you couldn't say Stanley. Yeah, yeah. No, because no, because you said you said J P Morgan. I said what about Stanley? As in, as a. It, it, it's a joke that has legs, Graham. It, it has legs. Okay. <laughs> we are we are both so tired. <laughs> I can only apologise to all of you. But we're... Oh, water. Water. Yeah. Well, you guys pose the, the other alternatives, Waterworld. You know, Waterworld is probably the only film where the theme park attraction, which isn't even a ride, it's a kind of watching a stunt show in um, Orlando, is probably better than the uh, movie itself. Uh, I will... I've obviously mm. I've never been, but I will um, disagree with you based off of something you said on a previous episode. Of you really liked oh, and actually speaking of water, uh, you really liked the Avatar ride. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. It's not even a ride. You just sit there and you watch like this uh, stunt okay. show, 
and it's probably more entertaining than watching Waterworld. Nice. But anyway, yeah. Um, nice. Waves. Not mountains. Waves. I, I do have a watery choice that we could continue yeah. the... Uh, keep, keep us moist. The, the water vibes with. But also, there is still a chance I decide to switch that out okay. at the last minute. So I'm going for a choice that I am not going to switch out of. And this is also an interesting one because if anything, it's not the entire scene. It is a single frame that I want to see. I would watch this as a gif, basically, of a very brief part of it. But the whole scene is incredible. And that is the leap of faith from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And this is the scene where Miles Morales really he's it's him really becoming spider-man mm. basically it is him taking the spider by its spider horns uh for kind of properly the first time and there is a scene where well, there is a scene there is a moment where he jumps off of a building and the camera is inverted and it's just incredible like from a very from what is one of i think the best animated films ever made that has a very set style and feel to it. This, I think, is... If you have to show someone a picture from it, I think this is it, right? This is my desktop background. Point proven. <laughs> and it has been ever since the movie came out, and I've still never found anything cooler than it. So it is... It's so it's the, cool. the colours, the, the kind of... I, I don't think it's not forced perspective, is it? But I guess the mind-bending perspective of everything being upside down and him being right side up. Yeah. Even like the little elements of like one of his sneakers, uh, the laces undone on it, and yeah, it's um, it's very. I mean, it's that is it's one of the when well, it is the best animated film. I I haven't seen the sequel yet because I can't watch films anymore. And um, I know you said it's like two pounds Amazon to rent, so I need to see the sequel. Yeah, so, like, I... Not to steal content from our annual sum up mm. of the year episode, but there is a chance it's better. Oh, interesting. Like, and I say that given that I just said Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best animated movies of all time. <laughs> Across the Spider-Verse is fucking insane. And the fact it did that with the sheer weight of expectation behind it as well is yeah unbelievable. that's that's quite impressive there, there's still a, like there's a lot you could pick from across the spider-verse as well but i think this is um yeah you can't i, I don't know th th this scene sums up the entire what will be a trilogy for me like it's it, it's just incredible and the soundtrack is insane as well yeah so i think that scene is what's up danger but i can't remember who it's by is it not Post Malone, or am I making that up? Uh, it is by Black Way and Black Caviar. But yeah, like, having that... Just... Between the soundtrack, that whole scene, and yeah, you've got the... Then him web-slinging web, web his way through the city, ending up on top of the building at the end, and I just think in the sphere that would, like, it's a film that I get immersed in watching it on a TV at home. Yeah. Right? Like, let, let alone on the sheer colossal scale of somewhere like this. Like, it has everything. Like, the, the style of it, the music of it, the fucking... 
emotional weight behind it as well because obviously it's kind of the culmination of a lot of this kind of character arc and growth through the film but you to be fair there's you could just at random i think pick a scene from this and it would look insane on kind of this screen but this is just for me an absolute other level yeah the only other one i would throw up there would be um and i think some of it as well is because of how much i like the the scoring to it but the catch the s train scene you know when he meet he finally meets peter Parker. oh he's grabbed peter parker and then oh yeah and he's dragging him through the city is that i think we must have spoken about it before but i can't i can never find the youtube video whenever i speak about this but i watched um they basically the they scored that scene by they were essentially watching it and like kind of live scored yeah. it with the DJ decks and things. And it's I mean, stuff like that blows my mind because I just do not understand how you know music works. I pre I have an appreciation for music, but I, I I couldn't do anything other than play like tequila on the keyboard that's about as far as uh as far as it goes tequila so yeah that's that's just one of those that really really sticks out but i, I would tend to agree i think if you're going to pick a scene from it i think this is the the one to go with. yeah and like you said like it is it is i would be interested to see just how disorientating it is <laughs> on on a on a screen that well size especially yeah as, as well because like you said it's the... yeah yeah no very very cool like in, in the episode notes for this, there is going to be a YouTube playlist that has all of the scenes that we're talking about. And I really encourage you to at least watch this one because it's so... And it doesn't really... It's, if you haven't seen the film, you know this scene is going to happen because it happens in every film. Yeah. <laughs> like, really. But, yeah, it's so fucking cool. It is. It is. This is going to be a bit of a boring episode for anyone that wants... Um arguments isn't it because it's just a bit of a bit of a circle jerk really yeah and it's yeah so like the first my first choice was all about using the perspective of the sphere and now we've just got to this is fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) this is awesome and i want to see it as which is a very i think masculine thing to say of i like this so i want to see it as big as it will possibly go yeah that's what i say about my dick about your what sorry my dick. Oh, okay. Dick. Your, your dick. My dick. I do. I as much as I love you, Ian, I do not want to see your dick on the screen. Well, I'm not going to pan the webcam down then. <laughs> I'm joking. I am in jeans. No top though. <laughs> it's the it's the tassels that are uh, really throwing you off, right? Yeah. Reverse Winnie the Poohing it. It's better than an inside out Winnie the Pooh. I'm going to break up my two like real sci-fi choices whilst i guess it kind of is a sci-fi choice but it's not full-on spacey sci-fi but also it is spacey sci-fi because they literally go to space in this movie fast and furious nine it's end game not fast and furious nine (laughs) uh end game and the portals scene Ah. avengers assemble and doctor strange's portals pop up all over and we see basically everyone that we've watched in the past, like 30 films or whatever it is, uh, start appearing and going to battle with Thanos and his fiends and whatnot. And uh, I mean, this, this, there's a couple of reasons for this, right? A, it is, it is a visually stunning piece. I think probably the most recent 
of the films we're going to certainly the most recent of the films i'm talking about maybe the similar time to spider-verse that's very a very good point time to google but um Googling. Just it came out a year after Spider-Verse, or is it the same year? Spider-Verse was 2018, yeah. which is mental. Um, Endgame is 2019, okay. which means Endgame is coming up to four years old. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? So yeah, I think yeah, it is the most modern of, of the films we'll talk about today, and I think with that comes the you know improvements in visual effects and everything, and it is... You know, whether you watch it on a regular cinema screen or an IMAX screen or the sphere, I think it is something that is uh, visually pretty impressive as it is. But then I think there's just the gravity of the scene, the importance of the scene, the, I guess, how iconic it is. And the, you know, the it's the culmination of like, it's, I mean, maybe 30 is an exaggeration but it can't be far off right there's a lot of there's a hell of a lot leading up to uh endgame yeah it also feels like the last time for me at least that marvel was event cinema like i went and saw a midnight screening of this i don't think Same. i've seen a marvel film in the cinema since uh no way home I would have seen in the cinema and i think that might be the only one it i think the rest i well i mean for the first i haven't watched the new ant-man i'm i'm way behind i think no way home is the most recent marvel film i've seen and i also skipped eternals and the uh, other one shang chi and the oh. other one that came out then so uh shang chi is great yeah weirdly you're the only person that says that everyone else i've spoken to says it's absolutely terrible yep well fuck them um <laughs> no i i really enjoyed shang chi it was just a stupid fucking kung fu action movie yeah but then i think that maybe that was the issue that people had right is that it wasn't a it it wasn't a marvel I, and again this is not me i haven't seen it but a lot of people said it kind of feels yeah a step away from from marvel and and what it should i be. i i i if that was the level of quality, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Like, it was just... I enjoyed watching it. It was fun. And kind of... I feel like, especially after, like, the emotional punches of the, like, Infinity War and Endgame, I do think sometimes people forget that about these films. Like, they can just be fun. That's fine. Some of them are bad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm mainly looking at Love and Thunder on this. I also think Eternals is better than people give it credit for. The I I still can't wrap my head around the uh the, the Love and Thunder not being I again, I haven't seen it. But it just does not compute to me because Ragnarok was amazing. Taika Waititi is amazing and it just doesn't seem to add up that um that this would I you know, I reserve judgment. I've not seen it, but um yeah. I think that's the one that I find really hard to uh, to take. I also still haven't seen. Um, well, obviously I haven't because I haven't caught up with anything post No Way Home. But I, um, I'm intrigued by Guardians Three as well because that um, I've heard some good things about that. But... Guardians Three is really really good. The best thing since Endgame for me, by quite a margin, is the Loki TV series. Season two was this year. Season one, I think, was last year. It has a beginning, middle, and end. It's done. And it is fucking incredible. It's by the people who do um, 
it's Benson Moorhead who did Endless and uh, Something in the Dirt and they're very like cerebral weird fucking filmmakers and they were the perfect people for season two. Yeah, I watched... so fucking good. I've, I haven't seen season two. I've seen season one, which was, was good. I also am going to burst your bubble here and say that that was two years ago rather than last year. Um, oh, fuck. I'm pretty sure because I'm pretty sure I hadn't moved Probably. yet. Um, but, uh, well, season season two was definitely this year. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like very current, right? I'm getting advertised it a lot. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I watched that on release date, which is the first time I've done that in a while. Mm. Like making sure I got it in before, uh, like early, because I didn't want stuff spoiled. Yeah, I th- and I think we've spoken about this many times, but I think Marvel have fallen into the trap of just you know buying into their own hype which fair enough you've you've made some of the biggest and best superhero movies of all time you you i guess you can kind of buy into your own hype but what the what the negative effect there has been is that we've had too much stuff and it's quant it's become quantity of quality unfortunately because they've got to the yeah. point now where they're reevaluating it all right and they're talking about bringing the original avengers back for movies and things like that. which this. is the wrong choice yeah, I, I, thing to do. I think I think you're right. I think you just figure out. Yeah, you figure out what is the what is the right choice. I don't know, but not not that. But yeah, anyway, all of this, the critique of, of Marvel and the the conundrum of uh, modern day content overload is not what we're talking about here. It is the portal scene, which is, as I say, visually amazing. And you you can think of you know if you've got the entire sphere around because there's the 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 part of it is just where. Even before everyone kind of comes yeah. through, it's just you start seeing them appear, right? And like in the, you know, if you've got that huge screen in the sphere and you start to see the yeah. little balls. Oh, look, darling, there's one over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just think it would be be brilliant, really. I, I, it was the yeah. first one that came to my mind when we had this conversation. And the scene of them all charging at the camera as well on a scene screen that yeah. big. You might finally get to see all of like the cameos and shit like that they've clearly thrown. Because how are the ducks in there at some point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's such a good scene. Such a good film. And I'd like to see it big. I want to see it big. That should be the subtitle of this episode, which yeah. isn't something we do. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I want to see it big. First time for everything. So my choice, and I, I think I am going to go. So I'm just going to say this really quickly to force myself to pick the choice that I should do. Okay. I really, really wanted to pick Les Grossman dancing from Tropic Thunder. Okay. Because just based off of the sheer fact, I want to see him do that on the biggest screen possible. So this is another, I want it big. I want it big. The issue with that is it's the credits. Yeah. Like, the the actual really famous Les Grossman dancing bit is to get back by Ludacris, and it is over the credits of the film. Mm. And is it a scene? It's a fucking skit over the credits. I can't do that. You guys deserve better. But not better enough that I'm not going to mention it now. (laughs) Because that would have been fucking funny. Like a hundred foot tall Les Grossman. Yeah. Uh, But instead... I have pivoted to uh, a scene that also takes place in a sphere, and this takes place at the edge of that sphere that he is in. So it seems appropriate, and also, as with all of these choices, it's fucking beautiful. 
And there's a there's kind of two ways you could do this, right? You could do it either just by showing the sh scene on the screen, or you could do it um, slightly left field, which we'll come on to. So my scene is the end of the Truman Show. Yeah. So to ruin a film that came out, I'm fairly sure in 1997, Truman gets to the edge of the world he's being kept in. Uh, he travels through a storm in a boat and he hits the edge. Uh, and it's a wall that is painted like the sky. I don't feel like I need to explain what the Truman Show is about. That's how everyone has seen the Truman Show, right? Uh, everyone has either seen the Truman Show. I, weirdly, I didn't see it until a few years ago. I definitely didn't see it when it first came out. And I always kind of like, I, I never thought it would be as good as it is because it is such a yeah. great, it is a really good film. Um, I think it's one of those ones that even if you've never seen the Truman Show, you know the Truman Show. I think there's a mental condition named after it now. Oh, really? Of th thinking you're the star of a TV show and everyone else around you's an actor. I mean, there's the there's the whole like main character thing. Um, I don't know if you've ever been on the main character subreddit where i'm getting i i got advertised it and i scrolled through a lot of it and it's so infuriating oh it's horrendous they are just awful people Ugh. well i think i sent you a quote from one of them you may well have done um hang on let me find because it was the it was a guy who was like abducting e-scooters Right. So a quote from one of those videos, everyone else is out here playing chess and you're playing Monopoly by yourself in the field. <laughs> and it's like, yep, that's my favourite thing ever. So yes, so the Truman Show follows Truman and it turns out he's the star of a giant reality TV show but isn't aware of it. And he lives in a giant dome studio which is made out to be like real life. Mm -hmm. So the end of the film, he gets to the edge of it. It's a giant wall and the dome is painted with blue sky and clouds, and he speaks to the director who's talking to him through the fucking sun. And Very Teddy Tubbies. Yeah, and he opens a door in the wall and then has this conversation and then leaves. And it, it is, yeah, like you said, I think even if you haven't seen the film, you're probably aware of this scene anyway. So the way you could do it is, like, for want of a better word, Abba Voyage it. <laughs> so... You could scale it like people do with uh, the AI fill now with like album covers mm. where you get the, the outside the frame yeah, stuff. Yeah. You could do it so it is basically life-size. Yep. So it is Truman. The, the sphere becomes the edge of the studio and then a, to scale Truman walks across up to the to a door that he opens in it. Because it is a whole multimedia thing, you could also ha then have the sun kind of behind you and the noise of the director coming from that side and i think it could be a very interesting experience because like you said because it is it is a multimedia experience thing there and i think this could be really interesting yeah i guess the only slight drawback of that is like if you're in the cheap seats it's not going to be great because <laughs> you just you're going to need your binoculars well, just just spend the 500 dollars for the expensive seat no yeah why are you poor you fuckers yeah i mean like i don't want the whole film done like it because we're just talking about this this is i'm assuming this is going to be played at we're going to rent out the sphere right and play these six we're going to just do this scenes. episode and then everyone can vote at the end as to which ones were yeah right 
see, guys, we have a live format figured out. All we need is the listeners. Um, yeah, all we, all so, we need is the sphere. Yeah, all we need is the sphere. So if you work at the sphere and you're listening to this, you can give it to us for a very nice and preferably free price. You can find us on Instagram at the podcast. No, uh, yeah, like it, it would be, it would be an experience. I'm, I'm not saying it would be nice if you're particularly at the back of the room, but also even if you aren't doing it in the ABBA voyage style and you're just doing it normally, I still think that scene would be incredible there. Because again, I think you get, it's another one where you get the sheer sense of the scale and the weight of the scene. Yeah. And it's it's on a curved surface, which, surface, which adds to it anyway. Because the edge of that, is it flat earth propaganda? No, it's not. No, 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 it's not. No, it's the edge, he was in the YouTube bit as well. Yeah, so exactly. So they know, they know how this works. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it really lends itself to this environment. And I also think it's from a, again, from a purely visual standpoint, it is an incredibly, I think, underrated scene. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, it's, it's also like, it's pretty iconic, isn't it? Because you've got that, there's a very, the the hue of the blue yeah is it feels like you know if you saw that you knew it was like Truman you know like how Kanye West was it Kanye West or no Jay Z he he uh, trademarked a blue oh, didn't fucking he fucking Tidal yeah God is Tidal still a thing I think so I'm not sure but he uh, well yeah actually it was because we spoke about it in my first choice because of the waves a yeah, I feel like that blue, like you, you see it, you you immediately think of the Truman Show, and then you just have like, there's the way that the studio lights cast the slight shadow, so you can see the steps up, and the door yeah. is like a, you know, it's there but it's not there kind of thing, and yeah, it's a great, great film and a great scene. Would you, let's say, we decided to, uh, we could get it past the ethics committee. Would you watch a real-life Truman Show? I mean, we all basically have, haven't we? How so? I mean, well, no, because it's uh, all the other reality shows, they're all in on it, right? So Everyone, yeah, There's, I mean, no. there's nothing ethically that I think anyone's been able to do where people don't know that they're being watched 24-7. Oh, God, it would just be punked. Yeah. Can you imagine that? <laughs> on his deathbed, Ashton Kutcher runs out and says he's been punked. <laughs> Uh, none of this was real uh i and then he has to do a, an apology video on that little step where they, him and mila kunis just do apology yeah videos i now. would oh god i'd watch that in the sphere <laughs> the ashton kutcher apology video um i i will be honest to you and to our listeners i would like to think i wouldn't watch that I would be very vocal about how wrong and unethical it is, and then I would watch it. Yeah, 100%. Out of morbid curiosity, I would end up watching scenes from whatever this is, while absolutely hating myself for watching it. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there with uh, with other reality TV, haven't we, in the past? So. Uh... Oh, God. Too hot to handle. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy Beast was legitimately great, though. I would yeah. watch Sexy Beast. Both the uh, Ben Kingsley movie and the Netflix TV show in the sphere. That's quite a. Um, I'm just. I would want the Ben Kingsley film on the outside while we're watching the TV show inside. Nice. Okay. Well, and also you've got. I mean, Ray Winston's uh, shiny belly in the sphere, and his budgie smugglers. Uh, 
maybe we don't have that on in the sphere. <laughs> now, now, now you've said it like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not the way forward. But like you said, it's an iconic scene. I think it would serve it well. <laughs> So my final choice. So as I mentioned, we've gone back to back to space, back to one of the uh, first ever sci-fi space movies, or at least any that kind of were on this scale. And given that I was talking about the visual effects of um, uh, Endgame and obviously how that lends itself to this, the movie I'm going to talk about is nearly 60 years old and it has no right to look as good as it does today but stanley kubrick's 2001 a space odyssey still holds up as a very very good sci-fi movie with very good visual effects for a film that is that old there are a couple of things i was thinking about in it there's obviously the really bizarre introduction um with the monkeys going crazy for like a good 10 minutes or so and i was i remember the first time i saw it which was at the prince charles and i was like what the fuck am I watching? Um, yeah, which is uh, very faithfully recreated at the beginning of the Barbie movie. Oh, is it? Nice. The Simpsons do it as well, don't they? I mean, the Simpsons do everything, but I'm sure there's... Uh... Yeah, in the playground? Yeah. Yeah. And also, weirdly, here's one for your bingo card, second mention of the PlayStation 2. Yes! The, uh, the model yes. the a very PS2-like. But I, the, I think... Um, we've had this exact conversation before because we only have a finite number <laughs> of things to say to each other. The PlayStation 2 was explicitly inspired by the model on it from yeah. 2001. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that one, and I think it would be good, but I also think it's just, uh, it doesn't necessarily have the gravitas of some of the other movies in the, uh, sorry, scenes in the movie. Then I was thinking of just Hal being on the yep. screen and doing the, I can't, is it Dave? I can't do that, Dave. Yeah. Uh, and just having that bit, because I just think the entirety of the sphere just being how 9000 would be um, quite imposing. That would be what they'd have on the outside to advertise this being played on the inside. That's, I think that's exactly, uh, that's exactly it. So I've settled on the kind of going, I think it's called going through the Stargate, but basically the piece at the end where he's kind of, hurtling towards becoming the star child and um the, the talking about the the, the, the beginning the, the guy weird. from kiss yeah exactly to being the the, the floating giant space baby um, that, that appears at the end of uh, 2001 i do like the idea that um the twist for 2001 a space odyssey is that it is a... It's the origin story for Kiss. It's, it's a secret biopic of Paul Stanley, <laughs> who uh, was the guitarist. Yes. I think Kiss. I think he was Kiss. He might also start... I, I'm not... I, for want of a better phrase, Graham, I'm not going to go down a Paul Stanley hole while uh, we're recording. So I'm going to put that Wikipedia page away. Yeah. So yeah, the um the going through the Stargate scene, which is 
there's a there's bits of it where you're kind of it's like a first person view so you're kind of hurtling through and you've got all of the kind of crazy like laser effects and lights and neon and everything um feels very much like the uh australian pink floyd gig i was at the other day hey mate if, if i'm not if i'm not going to talk about 70s 80s rock <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to either uh well um just just to burst your bubble, uh, they were doing 50 years of Dark Side, so... Uh, Fucking hell. Slightly, uh, well, I suppose, where are we? I, I mean, yeah, sorry to burst your bubble, Graham, but yeah, that the, is 70s the 70s was 50 it? years ago. Fucking hell. Oh. Paul, 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 I was about to say Paul Floyd. Pink Floyd would be incredible. Like, they definitely lend themselves to the sphere. Yeah, apart from they hate each other and Roger Waters managed to piss off the uh, entirety of the uh, country of Germany by appearing in an yeah, SS but, uniform. But apart from that. <laughs> but apart from that. I was having this conversation at the gig and it is mad that the Pink Floyd are and were at the time as commercially successful as they were because it is not accessible music. It is oh, God, no. like seven, eight minute prog rock songs with minimal vocals all of the albums are like concept albums where you need to listen to them from start to finish and you know like the wall is about some someone ending up as a fascist and all sorts and it's just like how was this like can you imagine if if something like pink floyd existed today which yeah they do exist today but you know what i mean like they came out today i guess like not the same but like I don't know, tall, right? Taller are a pretty inaccessible kind yeah. of who would who would also be incredible in the sphere. He would be incredible in the sphere. But outside of a certain subset of people, like tall are big in the music scene that they're in. They're the biggest yeah. band in that scene, but like you would never see them on top of the pops or played on like oh no for sure there's always kind of a kind of a schism between them right? nice well done thanks i don't know a lot of tall songs by name but <laughs> managed to get the one that i did know in but yeah it, it's it's there are 100 percent bands well like uh king gizzard and the lizard wizard yeah which is I'm not even sure if they're relevant i just like saying that band name out loud it's a great but name. like it would be like them becoming the biggest band in the country yeah it's like okay cool this is weird. But we were say, so your choice is Pink Floyd's The Wall. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, but yeah. you're kind of, so you've got those kind of visuals where you're in the first person view. And then you yeah. also have the camera facing into Which goes, the that helmet. whole scene goes on slightly too long. About four minutes, yeah. You would have to have medical warnings for this one, I think. Well, yeah, it does It does feel a bit like a trip as well. Yeah. But um, you also have the, yeah, you're, it's facing in at the helmet and you have like, there's just the reflections in the helmet, like the, the lights, which again, it feels like one of those quite iconic um, scenes or like even kind of um, individual frames but then coupled with that and talking about the multimedia stuff as well like the score to 2001 and particularly this piece and like you say you probably would need a, some kind of warning because not only are the visuals as kind of psychedelic as they are but the it's a pretty um pretty imposing soundtrack that accompanies it and i mean i think it would be incredible but it's um yeah, probably not for the faint of heart as well. Yeah, I that 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 scene 
because like you said it's the it's the i'm not going to call it music it is the audio that goes with that scene just feels like it is burrowing itself into the back of your fucking mind yeah yeah so that's the dome drafted no wait sorry (laughs) the dome the dome it should have been called the dome well, actually, we've already, the we've already got the dome. The sphere, because it's not a sphere, as we as we have as we have uh, figured out, it's not actually a sphere. Well, plus the Millennium Dome is more a tent anyway. It's still a dome though, because tents can be dome shaped. Just not all domes are tents. I know. For me, a dome has to touch the floor. I don't think there should be gaps. Like if under the dome was the Millennium Dome, they'd be fine. Yeah, but a dome is a shape. It doesn't necessarily imply. Yeah, but it's it's more. It's I I, I don't know. I don't know the age-old question what is dome you can say people have got dome-shaped heads and they their heads don't necessarily touch the floor i mean i guess but also if i if someone said you have a dome-shaped head i wouldn't think oh and it's got frills at the bottom the millennium dome all i'm saying is a very frilly dome it's the hollow upper half of the sphere there is significant it's never a sphere is it a dome <laughs> <laughs> so there was a whole millennium dome at one point anyway those were our choices, Graham. They were. Our first six choices in quite some time. So I don't know if you can remember what we do now, but we're going to go through and rank our individual choices and then figure out what the combined, the podcast nobody asked for top three list is going to be. And then we'll give our social media handles and then we'll fuck off. Capiche? Cool. Awesome. So what's the top three of your three, Graham? The top three of my three. This is really difficult, actually, and I don't actually know because I think they're all fairly interchangeable. Endgame came to mind first, but I think realistically, whilst it does look very good visually as a set piece out of the three, it's probably the lower of the three. Just because the other two are such imposing visuals, whereas this is more of a kind of the landscape, right? Um, and and Endgame is just for me that's a good scene, yeah. Rather than utilizing the sphere for all its spheriness. Well, it, to a degree, it does because there's, like you said, there's so many characters on the screen oh, and everything. True, true. So th- there is, and it is a vast kind of battleground. But I think the other two are just a lot more imposing. Yeah. That's that's not a comment on Endgame. It's a comment on the other two. Yeah, and then second, um, I'll probably stick two thousand and one in, just on the basis of like, whilst it's incredible in terms of enjoyability, there may be a level of uh, like, <laughs> not everyone might be able to handle it because I think it's just uh, it's yeah. it's a lot. And then number one, Interstellar, because yeah, the uh, they're they're not waves, they're they're not mountains, they're waves, and the uh, yeah, just the sheer scale of it, um, and feeling like you're in the middle of the uh, ocean with them, I think would just be very, very cool and wet. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, also I think probably the first mention of interstellar on the pod which the first mention as a choice yeah at least but there you go yeah congratulations chris nolan yeah well done you know the acclaim you always wanted he's he's been itching for it and it's here yeah no longer does he have to uh he, he regularly comes to my front door 
uh, with uh, placards and a boombox just holding them up with tell your tell your wife it's carolers and then just long intricate things about yeah. he never starts with the first placard he always starts with the last one and it's all very confusing well and then he's actually at the back door at the same time as at the front door as well exactly it is so it, it, it does my mind in, <laughs> it does my head in every time uh my choice is uh again i think this is one of the hardest ones i think we've had to narrow down um so the the leap of faith from Into the Spider-Verse is number one, mm-hmm. I think, for me, because it's fucking insane. Um, so then it comes down to which I think, because they're both obviously very good scenes, but it's which I think would utilise the sphereness of the sphere the most. And even though, based on the, which is a weird thing for us to have said so much, based on the U2 concert footage, yeah. Um, I do think they could do the Star Destroyer really well. I do think the Truman Show ending might lend itself more to it. Mm. And again, kind of really add to kind of the scale and the gut punch that that scene is. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be uh, New Hope Star Destroyer entry. Oh, sir. Number three. Uh, the Truman Show 2. And the Leap of Faith number one. So. I don't think there's been a Truman Show 2. There hasn't been a Truman Show 2. That would be a depressing it's just him not being able to acclimatise to the outside world and building his own Truman Show. So proper, like, um, institutionalisation. It would be a yeah, comment it, on uh, institutionalisation. He ends up filming his own life. That would actually really work in today's, like, YouTube. Like, what in? Yeah. We need to go make the Truman Show too. Right. You get you get the, <laughs> the, the rights sorted out. And I'll, you and I'll try get and Jim coach Kerry. Jim Carrey out of retirement. Um... So the official the podcast nobody asked for top three. What are we thinking? Because this is a tough one. Oh, um, and you could go like super meta with it as well, and it could actually be Jim Carrey as well rather than Truman. Oh, we could, couldn't we? Yeah. And he'd love that shit. Oh, films where they should have been playing themselves. Nice. Um, Birdman should have just actually been Michael Keaton playing Michael Keaton. Yeah. It should have just been called Batman or The Unexplained, whatever or ignorance. <laughs> anyway... The, the the top three of our threes of threes. Top three threes. of our threes. Um, uh, so waves and the leap of faith are definitely in there, I think. Yeah. Um, so go on. You were saying things, and I interrupted you, sir. Sorry. Uh, to be fair, that was all I had to say. I was okay. hoping by saying um, I would have thought of something else, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> At least that happened now, not in like in it. It's the worst things when that happens in interviews. <laughs> Um, uh, what I do is repeat the question. Yeah, you repeat the question, but in such a way that you change it slightly, and then you answer that one. Oh, and I didn't just realize hope nobody notices. You've been interviewing for the Tory Party. Hey! Satire for me, it's simple. It's um, I, you've 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 played the game very well because you've picked one of my favorite films as as your uh, number one choice. Um, and I, yeah, I would have to go Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Leap of Faith, number one. I would go Interstellar, number two, and then I would go with uh, 2001, number three, for two reasons. One, because I think it is, like, the Truman Show, you get the kind of vastness and the emptiness, but the 
2001 is just such a an assault on the senses and visually um you know is dialed up to 11 um which is spinal tap not kiss um and then number two is that we've already got a big expanse of water with um interstellar so we don't want to don't want to double up on the oceans i which is an oddly pacific thing to say god fun right us we have fun ocean banter um so i i agree with one and two Uh, i would personally do the truman show three um because the the key thing for me with these choices is it has to be watchable oh don't get me wrong but i i i I think it's watchable it might not be to everyone's cup of tea but you're also only going to go and see it if it is your cup of tea true no true true but I I would sooner watch the end of the Truman Show than that scene from 2001: A Space Odyssey, because I do think that you're going to have it plastered everywhere. Of disclaimer, tonight's presentation may kill some people. Uh, you know, you you could have a deep seated uh, psychological disorder where you think that after watching the Truman Show, that it's actually your life, and the only reason they're showing you this is to distract from the fact that it's actually the harry show and obviously they wouldn't show you the truman show if that was a thing because then you'd twig but I'm, you're smarter than that you have twigged um so you know you'd need disclaimers uh there as well did you hear what they wanted to do with the truman show no uh they wanted there to be a camera in the cinema yeah and it end with footage from inside your cinema nice i like that which is uh fucking crazy more i would sooner watch i'll i'll give you a still a point for it i would sooner have that on the outside of the sphere than on the inside of. yeah i mean yeah i don't know i i disagree but maybe this is i think the the fundamental thing here is like as i think i think we spoke about into the introduction but i can't remember because we've recorded it so long ago like i'm a, i'm a roller coaster guy and you're not a roller coaster guy and i think this is this is the divide <laughs> I'm here. A roller coaster guy. <laughs> i don't know if you know ian i'm a bit of a roller coaster guy Bit of a roller coaster guy. Uh, there's ups and downs. Uh, yeah, twists and turns. Ups and downs, and a general feeling of unsafety. Yeah, uh, which I believe uh, danger is the actual correct word there, not unsafety. <laughs> unsafety. But I wonder. I do think that perhaps that comes into it. How about right? We instead of the scene of uh, basically, there's. Should, should we just put Les Grossman dancing? <laughs> there's a. Um, there's a hidden bonus scene in the Truman Show where we watch Jim Carrey watching the uh, scene <laughs> from 2001 Space Odyssey in the sphere. Okay, so you want the third choice to be <laughs> footage of Jim Carrey watching 2001 A Space Odyssey in the sphere. Yeah. as Which we'd then watch in the sphere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. Like, don't get me, don't get me wrong. You know what? No, let's go two thousand one. Because now I think about it, if you do use the perspective thing, you could make it feel like you are all. Yeah, I want. I actually do want to see what that looks like. Okay, can we also just can we have that as like a hidden bonus feature as well? We we we, we could throw we could throw that in there somewhere. That, we, we could, we could that's going to be part. That's at least part of the Truman Show too. At least, yeah. It, that's what it opens with. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> 
the podcast nobody asked for is top three movie scenes we want to see in the Las Vegas sphere. Number three is the what would what, what do you, the Windows visualization scene from two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. I think it's technically entering the Stargate. I think is the... entering the Stargate from two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. Number two is the waves well the entire planet sequence right Mm. so the wave planet in interstellar and number one is the leap of faith from into the spider-verse if you agree with our choices if you disagree with our choices if you think i should have gone with les grossman dancing from the outset you can find us on instagram at the podcast nobody asked for and you can also find us on Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where you can become a friend of the podcast and give us money in exchange for goods and services. And bonus, bonus content. which And sweet, sweet bonus content. There is an additional one of this month. So if there is an additional one. If there is a time to become a Patreon, it is now. You can find us on Twitter. Um, I refuse to call it X. Um, at nobody asked for pod with the number four you can find us on the same place on facebook and we have a website the podcast nobody asked for uk which has all of the things and links and things that you might be interested or not interested in uh but it's a good resource check it out and remember to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast and in that review put any future episode ideas you may have and we will do our favorite ones so that's us back graham we are back. We are back. Much like uh, we are back streets. spherical. Back streets back. All right. It is. I don't think any of the any of the backstreet boys were spheres, but who knows? Who knows? And who dares to dream? Ah, oh, the end uh, no, let's not throw extra choices in at the end of the fucking episode. But the <laughs> end of this is the end. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good shout. Ah. Uh, if um if you had to choose a backstreet boy to be a sphere, which one would it be? I'm not gonna lie, Graham. My knowledge of the Backstreet Boys does not extend to knowing their names. The uh, one in the middle. The one, the one the with middle. the hat. I don't know. I just Googled them. There's Nick Carter, Kevin Richardson, who sounds like he should play as a uh, long snapper for the Colts. Uh, Brian Littrell, which is... I like the idea that Brian Littrell is... Uh, he just lives up to his uh, surname and he just he, he can't understand anything that's, that's not straight down the middle and... Uh, you know, yeah, hyper- literal by hyper- name, hyperbolic. Um, AJ McLean, who also sounds like he should be playing, um, in the NFL, and Howie Duro, who I think how Howie had the hats. I think Howie had the hats. I'm gonna go have Howie, Howie, that Howie the hat is now gonna be spherical, which is gonna blow <laughs> Brian Littrell's mind. <laughs> for this.